This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to our weekly classified Grayman Intelligence audio brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Gray Man Briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away. All right, thanks, David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness, as always, with the bottom line up front. All right, we're back, and as promised, this week we're doing things differently. On the last podcast, I told you that we were going to leave out some of the government oversight things that occurred, and we were going to wrap it up into kind of a two-week summary of government oversight. So next week, we will go back to pretty much covering everything unless we see a specific topic that's going to need a lot more focus. And if so, then next week we will kind of leave out some of that specific topic and cover it on the following week. So as I said, this week is government oversight. Let's get right into it. So according to a letter by the U.S. attorney sent to a federal judge, they're expecting 700 to 1,200 additional citizens to face charges in connection with the events on January 6th at the Capitol. The previously unreported letter was sent late last year. It was just now revealed, and it said that these 700-plus prosecutions could occur over the next few months. So we're within that few-month span. We'll see what happens. The House Committee on Oversight and Accountability has issued a memorandum that compiled recent evidence from an investigation into the Biden families. This is a quote, their influence in peddling and business schemes. Financial documents show that Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Halle Biden, along with an unknown Biden, collectively received $1.3 million in payments that appear to be redirected funds from the Chinese Communist Party-linked State Energy HK Limited. The committee said that there are national security implications of a president or vice president's immediate family members receiving millions of dollars from foreign nationals or companies without any oversight. So after this memo was released on March 16th, Hunter Biden's spokesperson confirmed the authenticity of the financial records and the transfers. However, the next day on the 17th, President Biden was questioned, basically asking, are these transfers, what we're seeing, are they accurate? And the president said they were, quote, not true. Over in Miami Beach, Florida, they imposed overnight curfews and declared a state of emergency in response to two fatal shootings during the spring break season. So they're saying amplified violence and just the amount of people that come to their city during spring break required this state of emergency and these overnight curfews. They're not just for the weekend. They extended into Thursday. If you recall, back in 2021, the city had a curfew for COVID-19 related fears. And then last year in 2022, a curfew was implemented over other increased violence fears. So Basically, because things aren't good in the government's eyes, they are telling everyone you're not allowed to leave your house at certain times of the weekend. 
Not that this is or isn't the right answer, but as part of government oversight, you need to know what's happening. And also, President Biden has signed into law the COVID-19 Origin Act of 2023. It's a measure requiring the government to declassify intelligence within 90 days of its signage related to COVID-19's origins, specifically as it relates to evidence connected to the Wuhan Institute of Virology over there in China. And let's move over to a freedom of speech-related government oversight. And this is also in a foreign country. So Israeli legislators have introduced a bill that would outlaw religious witnessing, basically the sharing of your faith. If passed, the law would imprison missionaries or Israeli citizens for up to two years. Basically, it's up to one year if they witness to an adult or two years if they witness to a minor. So if they're sharing your religious viewpoints with others, up to two years in jail. The lawmakers discussed the need to halt the sharing of Christianity specifically. The bill covers not only verbal discussions and printed materials, but also things online such as social media posts. And purchase contracts with SafeGraph and Cubic show that the CDC bought 55 million citizens' data from those two companies. They said that they wanted to track and monitor information related to COVID-19 lockdowns and the compliance. So the intent, according to the CDC's justification statements, literally reads, quote, assess home by our behaviors, curfew analysis, by exploring the percentage of mobile devices at home during specific periods of time in order to collect in order to collect is my insertion there, quote, a comprehensive picture of movement slash travel of persons during the COVID-19 pandemic to better understand mandatory stay-at-home orders, business closure, school reopenings, and other non-pharmaceuticals interventions in states and cities, end quote. The CDC explained that they would use the necessary data to continue critical emergency response functions related to evaluating the impact of visits to key points of interest, stay-at-home orders, closures, reopenings, and other public health communications related to mask mandate and other emerging research areas on community transmissions of SARS-CoV-2. If you're interested in that, we've got those contract orders. We put a, a source on Telegram and Signal. So if you're not subscribed to the Gray Man Briefing, make sure you use the coupon code at the end of this podcast and go to www.graymanbriefing.com. That's gray with an A. Moving on, newly released videos and court documents revealed multiple FBI informants, undercover agents, and Metropolitan Police Department officials, officers, agents, acted as, quote, provocators during the January 6th riot. And video shows that agents, quote, clearly incited other protesters. Also revealed last week, federal attorneys prosecuting the seditious conspiracy trial of former Proud Boys, they disclosed that one of the defense's own witnesses was, quote, secretly acting as a government informant for nearly two years. So there's so many embedded within these groups, whether it be patriot organizations, extremist groups, or even political opponents, that even to this day, they're still embedded. And in this trial, we saw that they thought this guy was actually going to help support their case for the defense, the defense being the Proud Boys. And turns out the prosecutors finally had to say, no, he works for us, basically. So there's your update on that. And the governor of New York is set to publish a $227 billion budget on April 1st. 
Within that budget is a ban on gas stove appliances. If it's not amended, the measure would prohibit the installation of fossil fuel equipment and construction of new one-family homes and some multi-family homes starting in 2025. The rest of those multi-family homes will fall under the ban over in 2028. And since we're talking about it, you may recall back in January when the Consumer Product Safety Commission made headlines by saying that, for one, they said, quote, gas stoves are damaging the climate and degrading indoor air quality. And they further said that any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. Of course, the Biden admin, there was a lot of pushback from that. So they downplayed it and kind of said, no, we're not banning stoves. Well, now the Department of Energy has come out with a new proposed rule change that's going to limit stoves' annual exposure to 1,204 BTUs. If you look much into it, that's going to be about 50% of stoves out there that'll be affected. Mainstream media and the DOE have said, no, it's not going to affect that many people, that they can comply with it, and it's going to all be okay, basically, that they're only proposing efficiency standards for gas and electric cooktops, and that, quote, we are not proposing bans. However, the rule would actually lead to currently in-use stoves being banned and also the purchase of new stoves. It also gives power to other organizations and companies like rental property saying, hey, we don't want you to put these sort of stoves in the house we're renting to you or the apartment or the condo. Overall, the goal here in their eyes is the climate agenda, but they're also saying it's gonna save money. They're gonna say that the estimated cost savings per stove is $21.89 over 14.5 years. Now they're not saying it that way, they're giving percentages and different things like that. But if you look at it and break down their numbers, that's what it is. It's a, about $1.50 a year that it'll save. So the whole gas stove thing, it's coming. It's not just some conspiracy thing. There's 20 states already that have enacted preemptive bans on gas stoves. I just told you about New York. This new rule, if it does get finalized as it is, the rule wouldn't even start until 2027, so we may not even hear anything about this for a few more years, but it's coming. 2027 is when the rule would go into effect. Okay, now let's look at Missouri v. Biden. A federal judge just denied the government's motion to dismiss the case. This kind of signals a temporary win for fights against censorship. A preliminary injunction hearing is scheduled to challenge the White House's control of free speech. So this all deals with social media, specifically Facebook and Twitter. They're saying that the Biden administration colluded with social media to suppress speech about the Hunter Biden laptop story, the origins of COVID-19, the efficacy of masks, and election integrity. The lawsuit claims that the Biden administration, along with 11 federal agencies, colluded and or coerced social media companies to suppress disfavored speakers viewpoints and content on social media platforms by labeling the content disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're going to see where this one moves. This is the one that actually specifically lists Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, the DHS secretary, and the former disinformation government's board director as defendants. The preliminary injunction hearing is set for May 12th of 2023. And moving on, in Connecticut, a private school, Milford Christian Academy, has filed a lawsuit against the state. It's opposing a 2022 law, it's a Public Act 21-6, that law removed the religious exemptions for students' vaccination schedule. So students going to school, they've got to get the vaccines that the school district or state require. So up until that law passed, they were able to use a religious exemption to not have to get that vaccine. Even with the new law, it does grandfather children who've already been exempted through religious purposes or reasons. But the issue here is, even though this schedule right now is for things like tetanus and measles and mumps, COVID-19 is not actually on it. However, you probably saw back in 2022 when the CDC and the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, they added the COVID-19 vaccine to the upcoming school year 2023-2024 schedule. So it's still up to each school district if they choose to require that vaccine of the schedule. But for sure, this lawsuit's going to, if they win, it'll play a major role in removing the pressure that states and schools have to add that COVID-19 to the requirement list. So we'll follow this one. You can track it yourself or just keep in mind it's uh, Milford Christian Academy. And the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals out of New Orleans just upheld a preliminary injunction that was first issued back in January of 2022. Now, employees who wish to challenge the federal vaccine mandate will be allowed to. They'll be allowed to see their cases against the federal government move forward. This comes after the federal government blocked their ability to challenge the people that are requiring the COVID-19 vaccine. The government said that it was a personal action. It was an issue between the employee and employer. But now the court ruled saying that enforcing the mandate by doing so exercise powers of vast economic and political significance that constitute an occupational and safety health standard. They held that basically, no, It's not the employer requiring the vaccine, and while it is, it's the government requiring the employer to require the vaccine. All this is coming while COVID-19's emergency declaration is set to expire on May 11th, and Biden's already signaled that he will not renew that declaration, which would finally bring this whole emergency to an official end as far as declarations go. Okay, so we're going to end this week's podcast with a recap of various infrastructure and environmental events related to government oversight. The Black River Wastewater Treatment Plant in Maryland suffered an explosion that halted their operations. They say they have no alternative method of dealing with the biosolids that are backing up. They're looking for a way to prevent these pathogenic bacteria from the untreated sewage from sludging into the groundwater and other water resources. Officials explain the need to process the solid water as critical important of critical importance to the community and the surrounding area. 
As part of this process, they burnt 12,000 gallons of thermal oil on site. The Baltimore City Department of Public Works and also the Environment Department, they both advised there is no environmental impact. Citizens are very concerned about their drinking water. And the issue here is recovering this because it's not the first. We've already seen drinking water issues in Ohio after that train derailment. That was with vinyl chloride primarily, along with a lot of other chemicals. So let's look at this next one. In Minnesota, 400,000 gallons of radioactive water has been leaked from the Excel Energy Plant. So the water is actually contaminated with tritium. Now, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I just wanted to bring it back to your memory, especially if you didn't listen to the last podcast. The people here are also very concerned about their drinking conditions, their water. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency said that it never reached the Mississippi River and that there's no evidence at this time to indicate a risk to any drinking water wells in the vicinity of the plant. But this is the one where they waited like three months to tell anyone about it. They wanted to make sure, in their eyes, they wanted to make sure that no one's water was contaminated before they told anyone, hey, your water might be contaminated. Maybe maybe don't drink from the tap right now. So had there been something, no one would have known. And that would have been three months of people being exposed to the water. Now we actually have an update on this. That Excel Energy nuclear power plant, they just had an unscheduled, unplanned emergency shutdown after it recently just discovered that, quote, some of the contaminated water was spilling and reaching the groundwater. Just a few days after they said, all right, we're finally telling you because everything's safe, so it's okay for us to tell you that everything's safe. A few days later, an emergency shutdown because now there is contaminated water going into the groundwater resources. Officials learned about this on March 22nd. They found out, quote, hundreds of gallons of this radioactive water had leaked into groundwater sources, and they determined that an outage would have to be issued to repair the leak. The shutdown didn't really, as far as I could tell, impacting electricity to customers. They had other grid resources allotted to resolve that issue. But yeah, this just came after they said everything was safe. And finally, a pipe rupture at the Trincio PLC chemical plant in Pennsylvania has just released at least 8,000, possibly up to 12,000 gallons of latex finishing material. This is like an acrylic polymer. When it hits the water, it kind of turns white and cloudy. So it just went into the Delaware River. The Coast Guard, the Pennsylvania Coast Guard, was dispatched along with other emergency management officials. They've warned citizens not to drink the water. They told them only bottled water. Then they said, okay, the water's fine for right now. And then they told people, okay, it's going to be fine for another couple of days. They're continuing to update the citizens, but we're telling you, if you watched what happened in Philadelphia after these announcements, thousands upon thousands of people were lined up around gas stations, grocery stores. There's tons of social media videos of it, waiting to get bottled water because, for one, they weren't prepared and they didn't have the water on hand to last even for the day. But just the fear of it saying, hey... You can't drink water right now. It sends that fear symptom down people's spine that tells them, I have no water. I don't have any at the house. I've got to go out and get it. Guys, we've got four things that just happened 
in the past couple of months with our water resources. Among, you know, I've already told you about the PFAS and the, the fresh water that's killing the fish, but not the commercial freshwater fish, only the fish that we the people can publicly fish for and, and have for sustenance. All this stuff's affecting us. Take some steps, be prepared, have water on hand for multiple weeks. Have the ability to, to filter and treat water, but also be aware like, hey, at some point you could be having only radioactive water. I don't think putting one of those water purification tablets in or using a filter pump or anything is gonna fix the radioactive issues. In addition to having the ability to treat water, have the ability to collect rainwater and have water already stored up. That's it. Super Essy reading you the Gray Man Briefings recap of just government oversight. Again, we're not going to do government oversight every week, and we may not ever do a government oversight only podcast again. But for this week, because we saw so much going on in the past couple weeks, we felt we needed to just do a specialized podcast on the topic. Anyway, I won't keep any more. Thanks for listening. There's a coupon at the end where you can sign up with a discount to our service at Gray Man Brief. I'm out. Bye. So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.